Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Jill Willard was born with unique ability for predicting the future and intuiting the experiences of others. In addition to giving readings for clients, she has trained corporate executives, pro athletes, and other thought leaders in honing in their intuitive skills. She is such an incredible teacher and an incredibly intuitive being, and I cannot wait for you to listen to our podcast. You know, I believe that we are all very intuitive and we all have it. It's a part of our brain. I said this for a long time. I think science is finally catching up. It's either the right side and the right side of the brain of that 97% we don't use. I think it's very connected to us opening it through our limbic system of calming. Mm -hmm. So my plight has always been since I was young. was a very happy, calm kid. Um, my nature was a little different than my nurture. God bless my parents. I don't think anyone would know what to do with someone as intellectual as I am, as Aquarian as I am, and then you throw in the intuition. And I really think I inherited part of this my Italian grandmother had, my mother's mom. And so, you know, it's just that I loved growing up just completely normal 2.2 kids in our family, Northern California. So that gave me that foundation to just kind of keep an internal grow with it, kind of play in the trees, play sport, do fine in school. And then in my 20, and then I went to college at an ocean town, opened up some more, came down to Manhattan Beach, California, been here now a couple decades at least. So I could just be one with the ocean and the quiet. So it kept mm-hmm. opening and friends here, I think, you know, being a part of Los Angeles, it's very innovative on this coast, as you know, and uh, trust me, you know, there's good gifts everywhere in the nation, but one thing here is the openness. So mm-hmm. I felt normal and not normal. Anyway, girlfriends brought me forward to great healers and thought leaders who helped me kind of admit I had this to this degree, this intuition, and that was my plight. And then I came forward doing professionally about eight or about 10 years ago um, now, and it's been great. And, and then the mediumship stuff happened, which some people know, and, you know, we talked about that in the book, especially yeah, at the end yeah. of the book. We actually took out the book that Michael Jackson was the second one to come in right after he passed. I talked about the first soul that came in the next day. Michael was the second who was just such a personality. And he said all these facts that came through. So that was my plight. When I started seeing how factual what came in, people would think it was me. I'm like, I'm not that smart. It's coming in from somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Anyway. That's yeah, but that yeah. so that is like that's so incredible. And again, it's like I feel like I want to ask you so many different questions, and it's <laughs> it's like doesn't even do that little tidbit that you just told us doesn't even do everything that you've done and are doing in the world justice. So um, we'll we'll try and dive in a little bit more into mm-hmm. uh, well, we can talk about your book first because intuitive oh, being. This is a book about connecting with your spirit, finding your center, and choosing an intentional life, which 
you know, for the people that listen to this podcast or, you know, follow what I do, I mean, this is really all encompassing and, uh, you have an incredible Ted talk as well, right? Where you, you talk, (laughs) I have a feeling you're not going to say these things. So I'm like, I've got to let everyone know, you know what you're doing. And so I want you to just tell us a little bit about, you know, what inspired this book to come to fruition in all the work that you've been doing? I appreciate you, love. That is so kind. What inspired me is exactly, I believe we all have this awareness, and we've joked, we could call a book whole being or human being. It doesn't have to just be intuitive being nice. Right. And I honor you so much because, you know, the book's doing well. It's doing well. But some people are like, oh, Jill repeats herself. I have to to get us to bring our emotional wall down. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually don't think we repeat it. We kept the book so tight, but I know for some that's hard because of our emotional side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the book really was because I was doing hundreds and now thousands of readings and the information was so rich and simple. Yeah. I know we all want a pill or we want it to go away in a therapy session, you know, <laughs> meaning our old fears or ourself or our ego, right? But this book shows how to open up and like be so present and make life so rich. It's simple and not at the same time, but we're the only ones that can do it. And just doing some of these things just a little bit, it was kind of like a support or an assist for everyone to kind of step into this richer life for themselves. And so that was the intention. And then it was all this knowledge that I got to witness and people in readings got to witness. And it made sense, you know, but we don't do it or we do chunks of it or we kind of focus on one aspect like the food, the physical and the yeah. spiritual. So when you bring it together, it just makes this like this whole amazing, you know, piece of life. And so that was the intention. And we used to call it a pamphlet because when people come to readings, they wanted more and uh, yeah. more. And so I write longer emails or this or that. And it just started to form itself. I originally wrote it in 2011 against Oprah's sense. I don't think she even knows this, but Dear friends of Montecito, and I worked for them back when I was in school. And we stayed a summer up there with two of our kids. And I wrote this right against her fence on their property. Oh, Oprah wow. had moved in after they had lived their own time. They became friends. <gasps> Never went to her property. It was right, right near Super where Super Soul Sunday was filmed. You could kind of see through the fence anyway, or see like, that spot. And then it became Super Soul Sunday. But point is, O Magazine did an article that month. August or September, someone told me and said similar things that I was writing at the time against the fence. And I mentioned the story because I noticed in that moment, this is information for all of us. It's not mine. I'm not the only one that knows it or can tap in. It's just what's coming down from the heavens or intellect or, mm-hmm. you know, our guides or God, whatever you want to call it. And so when I started to see all that synchronicity, I said, we've got to get this out and we've got to be fearless and also give it give it completely. Don't hold any of it. Don't try to keep it, you know, and that's what our culture does is the competitors in our culture. Like, let me have it. You can't have it. Yeah. I said, no way. So we busted it through in the book. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) and there's so much, you know, with, with all of that and, you know, the importance of intuition and and how you write about it and how Mm -hmm. you, you do it out in the world. And, I think that that's a huge uh, obstacle in our society that we're facing now, right? It's this lack mentality, right? Like there's not enough. And so how do you think Ah, that that mentality, and I know you talk about, you know, the mind and like the brain and how it works. How how does that type of mentality affect our intuition? Ah, brilliant. So 
affects our intuition because our intuition isn't in that part of the brain. So I believe the, the left brain and kind of the back, some people call it lizard brain or primitive brain, you know, we're in fight or flight a lot. That's left side. We're overthinking. That's left side of the brain. We are in lack. So in fight or flight or in the competitor brain, someone wins, someone loses, someone has, someone doesn't, right? And I really think that's a disharmony in the second energy center and we're stuck there. So how that, why we're stuck there is we choose our thoughts, we choose our brainwaves, we choose what we think, and we think there's lack. That's left brain. Intuition's right brain, connective. There's enough for everyone because there is, as we know. We could all go plant seeds tomorrow and really help with hunger. We could go over. I mean, I'm not making it black and white where everyone should quit their job because black and white thinking is also left brain. So when I talk to people like, Jill, I can't do that, I'm like... Go grow rosemary and give it to five neighbors. It's the same thing. Get them to feel better about themselves so they get out of being competitive, you know, whatever it is. So to answer your question, intuition isn't in that side and in that part. So we're not using it. We're so tilted left. That's physical and mental. I believe intuition is in the spiritual and in the emotional, meaning the soul and the connectivity of us all. Mm -hmm. The golden rule, treat others like you'd like to be treated. We don't do it. And then we don't touch our intuition. We make a choice every day to say, I'm going to choose myself. I'm going to choose my ego instead of intuition. So I'm going to choose lack. I'm going to choose gain instead of my intuition. And and we're not in those times anymore. You know, around 2012, it showed that gig is over. Mm. Patriarch is over for all of us, right? Yeah. But we haven't quite got the memo, which is why we're so pulled right now, because we're holding on to some yucky stuff from like the 50s and 60s, you know. And that's all brain. That's all past patterning still acting out. That's left. Yeah. Yeah. And no intuition could come in because intuition says stop, pause. Yeah, Please, go ahead. no, that so it, this is all of, of what we're talking about is the importance mm-hmm. of that, that voice or that intuition, you know, and, and having the sensitivity to our own gifts and, and being able to access that. And so what are some ways that we can begin to get out of that, you know, not that negative mindset? And for me, it's like using words yeah. or using like, positive affirmations, even when things are negative, like using positive ways of saying yeah. it is really helpful, right? So how do you think we can begin yes. to, to remove those blocks? Oh, I love you say that. So I know people laugh, but the easiest way right now is to drink a little more water and breathe deeper, <laughs> focusing on both your nostrils, right? Just like breathing in yeah. and breathing into through both sides of your neck and your thyroid down both sides of the lungs as deep as you can and get into your diaphragm. So really expanding your belly or your stomach, which many don't want to do, especially women, and like let go there, breathe all the way in. You exhale all the way out and you can make the exhale longer. And some people like numbers. So you can do numbers if you're a numbers person or you can just know in your gut, okay, I'm exhaling out longer intuitively or instinctively. And that starts to get you to calm the adrenaline, the adrenals, the nervous system, the cortisol, insulin, that fight or flight in the left brain we thrive on. So you do that for two, three minutes, you do feel better. Now, the first day you do it or the first moment, it might only last for 30 seconds or a minute because then you're like, oh, this person did this or I've got a race to the next meeting or, oh, I'm mad at my partner or, oh, I have to go get my kids school supplies. Mm -hmm. And I try to say, you can do the deep breathing through everything you're saying. We just forget. So we go high into our chest which is a form of, we are just talking about this with a dear friend, Layla, yesterday. We do these events at Kit and Ace now. 
and she called it hy- we hyperventilate. And I never thought about it that way because I think hyperventilating like the extreme of, oh, my gosh, I'm going to pass out mm-hmm. from being in a sport or being in the sun. Yeah. But she's like, no, energetically, we do that. I'm like, you are brilliant. She's wow. great about the autonomy. So, right, or the anatomy, for yeah. me. So there's that. That's one part. And then the other part that you know I talk on which people cannot stand is, Forgiveness, letting go. Oh you my goodness! Who is the bell in your left brain, right? Oh, we, it's your DNA. Yeah, and it changes yourself when you when you let go. Yeah, so I mean awesome. that can just that's a whole like other se- it <laughs> segment. It is. on letting go because you can write a list down and put it away of all the people you need to forgive or say sorry to. I mean that. So do. that's a great that's a great exercise, right? So what can we do to mm-hmm. begin to let that go? Yeah, write a list, get it out so you witness it. Because then, that's what I meant about pause. You, I say sometimes that we're a self and the soul, and we, our soul's been covered, and that's where our intuition is. Think deep within or the center of our being. We have these layers of things that happen to us, so that's kind of what our experience. So when you can start to notice your experience, and it's your soul watching yourself or watching your experience, then you have a, a space between even if it's just minute to let the light in, the more you grow that space, you get less ego and you go, oh my gosh, I need to apologize. Or, oh my gosh, I need to, mm. with love, not be in that group anymore, but with love, not a, oh, they're this or that. Just, yeah. it's good for all of us that I move on. Or it's good that I mirror to my children. I'm not going to gossip or whatever it is, because that's all coming back and that's all hitting the adrenaline, which is like a drug. So you see all the parallels and the simplicity yet can be hard once you see these little actions start to cause pause calm and then we notice when we're doing it you know like oh my yeah. gosh I'm about to think about someone or the or I'm about to say something yeah and then you don't and then you're kind of like your older self to your younger self or big sister to your younger you know, look at it going you know what let's not do this yeah. and that's that partnership in the brain we talk about a lot right we're yeah. more than a one part you know people say be mindful there's different parts of the mind I say at least divide it in two of left brain, right brain. So you know you've got like a butterfly or a side of you that's going to overanalyze that side of you that says, let's calm. Yeah. You know, so just starting to get to know the spaces there. Yeah, I love that. And I I actually want to just kind of add on to that because you talk a lot about the female, you know, the feminine energy. And so feminine and masculine energy, how do they apply to intuitive being in being touching getting more in touch with your intuition and you know the way that we operate in the world as far as like energy oh gosh I love your questions you're so wise so (laughs) it's amazing so because a lot of people say Jill you must like only be fit I am a little too feminine let's not let's be honest and I'm working on that but you know just a little too soft (laughs) but my point is I don't use the left brain enough because I kind of turned that off by the time I was eight or nine because I was mad because I was so intuitive when I was little. I knew, like, the Native Americans really weren't this way. Martin Luther King Jr. And, like, I just was that smart kid wow. that was like, the history is not even really how we're writing it. You know, so wow. I kind of turned off the intellect at times, the masculine side of me. Even in sports, I was good at sports. But I'm like, I don't want to take the ball away from my good friend, you know, so... We're talking, because people who might be listening know I can be too feminine in that sense. But the balance, and this is why I want to honor people that are more in their masculine, it's, yeah. it's a good, it's okay. The balance is that the left brain and masculine is the doer, and then the right brain is the deer, and they have to be 50-50, or don't have to, but mm. think of your body. If one side's 
you know, more energetic or going running higher, the other side's going to be depleted. Just like if you hurt your left shoulder, you know, your right hip or your right, you know, rib can compensate because we're off. So it's the same here. So to be intuitive and to execute it, to go do, you have to be up. And that's what I've been upping, you know, to go out and do readings or go out and help people and be honest and be brave because it's not easy, you know, to, the more intuitive we are, the more we know we're not as ignorant. Yeah. What do you do once you have that being intuitive energy? Yeah. It's a partnership. So just want it in balance. And then like we talk about in the book with the four aspects of being, or we read yeah. an article in group called the four bodies, right? Yeah. It's about making sure physical, mental is half the pie. It's important. Make it a fourth and a fourth of the pie. But emotional needs to be a fourth and spiritual. And this is also so your body stays healthy. Because if you're too overly mental and physical, you lose lubrication in the joints, you age more rapidly, you become too masculine. Even the women, they deplete their body with yeah. weight or shiny hair or nails, right? Or yeah. teeth, eyes, all that bone, right? So you don't want to be too masculine and deplete your, deprive yourself like we do in our culture. We celebrate to completely demolishing your body. Yeah. <laughs> like in sport and beauty and all of it, right? So then the emotional the spiritual knows you have to have your nutrients you need to be calm you need to be in balance harmony spiritualized with whatever you call your bigger guidance system so you don't feel alone so you can you can do what you do well but also be in gratitude help others with whatever gift you've gotten because it's not ours it drives me a little wild sometimes when people think i did this i'm like who created you <laughs> was, that was a and i'm saying parents you know like who gave you that yeah. gift a lot of times a grandfather had it or who passed on that whatever yeah. anyway and you get balanced and then you're so much happier i work with a lot of you know really wealthy people who are so unhappy because yeah. intimacy is on the being side you know yeah. So it's just, you money can't buy what's on the right side. And Ooh. that's where I think we fall into the most strife. Yeah. That's really good. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Money can't buy what's on the right side. Wow. That's, that's yeah. great. That's a first too. You got, that's, that's your show. That's the scoop. <laughs> created that. That's, uh, the scoop. that's great. So just to kind of touch on what you're saying and something that you said earlier, you know, as a child, like, why do you think that our intuition gets stifled at such a young age? You are amazing. Because we were in a patriarchal culture so long. We're in the masculine culture, so it's all about doing it external. You'll see it in healthcare and everything. I think we've been very scared of women's power and feminine power for so long. and Our culture's really just squashed it. Yeah. Squashed it in children. So even when little boys are playing and little girls, they can't cry or really be who they are because they need to be externally seen and heard. And that's it. And that actually meant don't be seen and heard. <sighs> so it's, a, you know, our structures have been all patriarch. So healthcare, government, look at it. They're so broken because they're so egocentric and, and more in the masculine side. nothing to do with gender. But everyone knows now or should know because it's, it's out that if you want a healthy environment society, you have to take care of the women. We don't do it, the feminine. So that's why I believe, and it's a big question. It's a whole conversation yeah. in itself. And I've had to learn to forgive because I was not happy about that for a while. Yeah. And I didn't want to emasculate people, Yeah, you know, but I had to learn, oh, my goodness, forgive, you yeah. know, even as a big culture. But we're here now, and this is exactly what we're discerning or so fearful about in this moment. It's such an extreme. Yeah. And then people with intuition were known as witches or whatever, right. which I understand because maybe they thought something would happen, it did, and then everyone needs to blame someone. 
Yeah. Right? Because that's the fight or flight or the warrior. So it's a big old mess that I think we're ready to clear and just let go. Um, but that's why, yeah, it's pretty factual once you look at it. Um, but it's interesting when people like to fight me on that fact. I'm like, just it just is. Well, um, but and, and having well. and being that, you know, that in tune, how how often do you find that, you know, people around question that or they think that it's, you know, bogus or that it's like woo-woo yeah. or whatever, you know, they think it's totally mm-hmm. otherworldly. How how do you deal with, with that sort of feedback? So I, it used to be hard. You know, I've definitely strengthened up over the years. And also somewhere around 2012, where it's been in this new time. So it's all easier. It's more mm-hmm. graceful, if that makes sense, the coming out. Yeah. Um, so it's been a plight for me, for sure. But I will tell you this. Once you become more intuitive, the ones who yell the most that it's woo-woo or not real, they know it's real. And they're scared that you're going to see them. <laughs> <laughs> so it becomes really easy to be like, I mean, the ones that fight me the most that come at me are the most scared and so the neat thing about me being intuitive is I just say at first I'm not going to read you you know or whatever I'm respectful and then if they fight me like show me show me prove me I say something that usually can be not too embarrassing it's whatever shows up in their aura but something kind that just checks them like you know I see you so why don't <laughs> you don't want to go here right I'll embarrass you in this reading so I've gotten braver with that that's helped um but for the ones that really are scared religiously or whatnot, it's sad. I think they're so brainwashed. And I know people listening going, no, I don't. I love God. I love. But our our systems are patriarch. Once again, it's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's males. Even in monkhood or certain Buddhists, it's all males. It's pa- yeah. it's still male. Yeah. And I love Buddhism. I love Hindus. I love all religions. For they have truth in them, but they're so in the root, and they're about control and about black and white. Someone's good, someone's bad. This is our God. This is your God. It's young. Mm. So when I see that, I just know the people are young. They want someone to look up to or something. They want to give their power away. And lastly, and people freak out when I say this, but Jesus came in really early in reading, especially people who believed in Jesus. It was one of their icons in the aura. He always came through as a brother, never a savior. He wasn't a Christian. Christianity started you know, a thousand years, if not more after he passed. So it's just food for thought about the truth. I'm not saying change your religion. We can enhance all these religions, but bringing the feminine side in and not putting Mary or women away. I mean, Mary didn't even get to have sex. You know, I'm like, the whole thing, I'm like, what is really happening? <laughs> like, female did not, you know. So I'm like, oh, wow. fair. Yeah. I've never That's actually thought about people. that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, women got nothing. So the feminine side, even if like pastors and leaders, I'm like, you know, and many of them abused, as you know, and I think you've read that about me, you know, I've caught a lot of abusers. And so they don't want this to be real. They don't want anyone in their congregation to have strength and love. It's such an irony. However, the people that follow, that's okay, as long as you have your own power in yourself, which is the belly. And a lot of women, I think it's being rude. They become powerful powers that like, Word like, who do you think you are? But that's the gut, and you have to have power in your gut, even for just digestion. Power is an energy, right? Heat. Worth. Worth's the big one. So people, you know, that's been, yeah, woven in. And so I see that in people. If they're really kind and mean well, I just leave it alone. If they check too much, then I just give them a little, you know, opening (laughs) to say, you know, Give them a little opening. (laughs) 
<laughs> you give them a little opening. opening. That's good. Learn a new thing. <laughs> yeah. So that's so. Where does our and and I know that on your TED talk you you talk about this, but maybe you can share it with our listeners. Um, where oh, does yeah. our where does our intuition live in our bodies? Oh, this is so beautiful. I love your evolved questions. A lot of people think intuition's in the gut, meaning the belly, and I do think there's sensory there. Right? Mm. There's instinct there because that gut's part of the self or the ego. But I believe intuition really is in the, there's a part of the brain that collects it. But when your heart is open, your heart is a vibrational organ that understands things to a great degree. People fight with me sometimes and say, it's the brain sending the heart message. And I do think there's a little more to it, but I hear everyone that the brain's catching something and then the heart's responding. Mm -hmm. However you look at it, heart is so important because I think it's the centering between the gut and the brain, if you want to look at it that way. And it's feminine. You know, that's a feminine chakra, the heart. So it really is a connector. And then it's a, the heart's also the connector to our upper energy centers that are connected to the divine or heaven or all that is or wisdom. So if you don't have the heart open like Jesus and Buddha and Maya Angelou and Nelson Mandela, everyone talks about, you don't connect to the energy centers or the part of you that can experience heaven on earth that has all the, all the knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's many tracks share because they want to stay a leader they're all ego which is the first three energy centers like don't tell people so they keep coming to a person meaning them or make them come to me to get to god and it's just not true i sometimes joke it's like selling tickets to heaven and you know no one really knows but if you open up the heart that's your ticket in through intuition so to answer your question i do think it's in the brain the the knowledge of it and kind of the antenna to get it from the sky or vibration or earth everyone look at it or god um and then the gut but the gut is really a translator or kind of instinctually wakes us up to pay attention and you know there is some of that brain chemistry or whatever people want to say in the stomach region yeah um so i do think it's there too but it's the combo i think partnership again and then the heart really being that um kind of sensory or gatekeeper yeah um, yeah I love that. And you all, and everyone listening. Yeah, Yeah. and I I think that's so great to be able to uh, you know, identify those those things and in those centers in the body. How do we know when it's our intuition telling us something or our mind telling us something? So good. So it's similar when you're younger. If you can pause, it's always first. Stop your body. You're not going into you people say I go on a run and I'm intuitive. I'm like you're you're in the part of your brain, you're moving. So it might not be fight or flight, but you're in movement. You're focusing on not tripping, you know, not going in the street. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe something will be in the background, but we can only really do one thing at a time. So I say pause, center. So even, even if you visualize, if you're visual, okay, I'm going to center and focus on that part in the middle of my brain or the end of my nose or my belly button. I'm centering my body and my attention. So I'm hearing left brain, but I'm also hearing right brain. You know, I'm, I'm like centering it almost like being a parent with a kid at each side or you know, <laughs> look at it. I'm centering so I hear, right? So then you let the, the small voice within rise and you calm your loud voices with yeah. the left brain, your amygdala and all that going, going, going or whatever part. I could begin some of this wrong, you know, medically. Go yeah. to a doctor for that. those details. But <laughs> um, pause one, breathe deep two, and then ask. 
And it's kind of that asking and, you know, asking you'll receive. Now, what happens a lot for people is you'll ask, you'll get the answer before you finish the question, even in your thought, even quietly. Mm-hmm. And then, and then ego comes in. So it's just like when you were a kid and you knew the answer was B, but then you rationalized it C. Your body knows. So let it come. And you got to practice it because it's a small voice within, you know, especially as Quaker energy says, or you hear it spiritually all the time. It's, it, it could have been louder if we listened to it since day one of birth, but we learned to quiet it down even more. Yeah. So I don't think it always was quiet. I just think we quieted it. But And then you get to let it grow and hear it, and it's like a muscle. It grows. So that's that part. The other part I often say is people say, oh, I got knots in my belly. I'm like, knots yeah. are not good. That's usually a no. Yeah. Excitement can be a yes. Like, fear and excitement are very similar. A dear friend of ours, Billy Gallo, would say to me before, so I could learn to go on stage, but I did not want to. He's like, think of being excited instead of nervous. I loved that. So you'll start to see your different feelings in your body. Okay, that's excitement. That's nerves because something good's going to happen, not, you know, something bad. You start to learn your different sensory you do learn a positive excitement versus a negative fear, so to speak. Or it's all good because it's all information. Mm. But to answer, if you can pause and then ask yourself, you'll learn yourself better. And then we make these little meditation kits, but you can take a piece of paper and write down when you've had a dream or when you knew something or you or random thoughts in your brain that you're like, why does it show blue truck, blue truck? Write it down because you'll see it's coming from a different part of your mind, mm. which I know takes a little time, but then you start to understand where things are coming from. And then if you wrote it down, I even forget. And then someone's like, Jill, you said blue car and look at that blue car. And even the gentleman's like, oh, I didn't even like cognitively remember that. And that's what happens as we age. And, you know, we're thinking about so many things and we have so much sensory coming at us. So. Yeah trying to get you to understand the sensory that's intuitive. But, but so many people come and say, I knew to tell my, my friend that they have an awful husband. That's not <laughs> intuition. Emotion and opinion is intuition. Maybe you got he's doing something, right? <laughs> but intuition's not opinionated. Right. <laughs> so you start to learn, wait, that was me. This part's, you know, the intuitive stuff. So. Right. Oh, so no. you, it takes time. Lastly, I'll say intuition is not emotional, as you know, and as some have yeah. seen. So if it's emotional, that's your psyche, your ego, your past fears. It's your kind of nerve in you from something probably in your childhood. And brainiac-wise, really quick, the brain wants to clear when we have a memory or something. Let's say we're six and an, and an uncle hit us or, you know, something, God forbid, worse. Or we had a fight with a friend and our mom or dad said, just be quiet and go on, right? Mm-hmm. We we lodged some big of those memories like little pinpricks, almost like little Google red circle pin dots in our brain. Yeah. And I think meditation and intuition wants to clear it, wants to, it went in and needs to go out, but we never learn the out. You know, some people do who pray. They, that's the same thing where they pray it out. They know to take it to God, hand it over. That's a very similar thing. So some of the peace you see in prayerful people is that connection to their God, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, we have things stuck from our past and then a friend, something does something and we think it's the friend or we don't like the friend's husband or we don't like the president, but really it, we're mad at our dad and our, you know, the president reminds us of our dad from when we were four, you know, so it's about getting under that, that really then you can tell when something's intuitive because you've cleared out your past. Mm. You know, that's a whole other conversation. But that is why that chapter two is key and people don't yeah. like it. I'm like, the book gets better. Keep yeah, going. No, it's hard. It was hard. It's, it's funny that you're saying it's that hard. because you're right. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, yeah. you know, but I think it's 
we have to be able to face those things and like do do that hard work in order for us to to grow, right? Yes, and then it leaves when you do it well and never comes back. It's gone. <laughs> it's cleared. You've handed it over, right? Yeah. Yeah. Never Is to there... happen again. You're not going to be a kid again. Yeah. You're ahead. not going to be a kid again. No, you're not. Um... You're not going to be a kid again. So, you know, you don't have to let in your adult let people treat you a certain way anymore. And we accidentally do because we're conditioned. Yeah. yeah. One of the things um, that I, I did want to talk to you about as well is um, creating healthy boundaries, right? So mm. part of, you know, doing what I do as, as a yoga teacher and, uh, and meditation and life coaching is being able to set really, you know, good boundaries with, with the people around me. And I know that you speak to this uh, in your book and having healthy boundaries and how it involves three specific criteria. And because it's a subject that I feel like I hear a lot, um, people not Mm -hmm. knowing how to set healthy boundaries or not knowing who they need to set healthy boundaries with. Um, So Mm -hmm. I was hoping that you can speak to this a little bit and maybe give us some, some tips on how to do that. Yes. You know, I love this segue because, until we know ourselves a little better, we can't um, create boundaries because we don't know why we're acting like we are. I just noticed this in me the past few days. I was letting, you know, certain energy I think would come really submissive to a friend or do something mm. or be bullied a little bit even by like a landlord or whatnot. And I thought I had cleared some patterning for my childhood that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm maybe 70% there, 80% there, but I'm not all the way there because I'm noticing I'm attracting the same type of energy. I'm I'm subconsciously happy when that happens. Not happy. It feels normal, right? So yeah. you cannot set boundaries until you have your feet in the sand or on the ground like roots in a tree. You know, a tree can't condone its space until we're centered and grounded. So I know that's not the sexy part, but <laughs> we cannot have healthy boundaries until we get to the root where we see where we're cracked, right? Because yeah. then we set a boundary and the boundary is going to be cracked or easily moved yeah. because it's based on like earthquake or, you know, it's based on quicksand, right? So remember that about boundary. Boundary is a third energy center thing. So we have to feel self-worth. We have to feel self-assertion. Especially females that is not liked in our culture. We're accused of so much when we create a boundary. And then if you create a boundary in a relationship that's already been set, People don't like change. They don't mm. like the boundaries subconsciously, right? Their soul yeah. does, but their self doesn't. And then you often get resistance because then they're coming at you from their left brain. <laughs> they're right. their warrior of like you're moving something, right? And it's just fear. It's fear you're going away. You've changed. And so when I talk about boundaries, as you know, we have to, have to be verbal about it. Not even talk them for three hours about that you're setting a boundary, just like reassure the person, you know, this is where you are now. I think that's really key and that's something newer in these times we can do. Meaning like, oh thanks, that doesn't work for me today. And then you can you can be brief and then if they say why not, you can say, Oh, because this is what I'm doing. Taking the I and the ownership is really important to the you this way. That's why I'm not doing this yeah. or am doing this. So the I that's one part. Um that's big. You and I talk or you know about I feel like we've already interjected. We talked about this. Know, you know very have. well the gut element, right? I know we have. I'm like, what did I just say? Pardon your listeners. See where I'm too feminine, you all? That's why I have to come down <laughs> in the, get in the grounding, the masculine side of me. Um, really, meaning rooting down. 
it's very important that we take care of our gut health because that's where boundaries are. So yeah. around your belly button and your stomach lining and yellow foods really help. The breathing, clearing out old energy helps because then remember when we're nervous, we, we breathe really shallowly. You can't mm-hmm. create a boundary. You're like, <gasps> you know, you have to yeah. breathe deep and go, oh, this is great. This works. But for boundaries, I want everyone to remember what's good for you really is good for the other person, even if it's a parent or a mother-in-law or father-in-law or a child that's like, no, 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 I don't like that boundary. It is good for them. If it's good for you, it's good for them. Yeah. We forget that. You know, we are really evolved mammals who will still walk into danger because we've been conditioned to. So people don't like the boundary, even though it's good for everyone. You know, um, that's really big. The yellow foods are big. Is there other element I should say? This is your listeners, I think, are a little more evolved. So is there any other part that we should mention about the boundary? Centering, getting out of fight or flight is you have to do before you set a boundary because you don't want to be fighting or thinking you're protecting yourself. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing that happens. A lot of people think boundaries means this is what works for me and I'm claiming my, you know, territory and you hurt me. But that's childish. That's rude. You know, a true boundary is this works for me. This doesn't keeping a, a relationship professional if you're at work, not bringing in too much emotion is big. If you're working with a parent, maybe seeing them and understanding they were a child at one time. So mm-hmm. whatever they, however they treated you, they probably learned, you know, it's centering the mind. So you don't get in your warrior of like, you've hurt me. I hate you. And so I'm setting a boundary. It's really important because then you trap your hate in your aura or your fear or your anger. That creates so much mental disease, which I know is another subject, but rooting down, centering, then set your boundaries key. And I think we didn't teach that in our life coaching in certain aspects, even in yoga. Yeah. Yoga is still pretty masculine, yeah. even though it's union. Om is masculine. And so we're still coming at boundaries one-sided in a masculine way where we need to bring in our very like nurturing side, even for men of like, I see you and this is a good line for both of us. So I think Elizabeth Gilbert does this well. Brene Brown talks about this so well. Um, doing it with compassion versus anger or resentment. Mm-hmm. And compassion's heart. Gratitude's heart. So it's it's a lot of like how what's the intention of your boundary that I'm really going to harp on in these couple years because we can't do these things if we're doing them from a logical, angry, fight-or-flight way. Yeah. That's what we're going to get back. Yeah, yeah, especially right now. I mean, I think that everything yes. that you write about, everything that you're doing is so much of what we need in our society right now. You know, like that, yeah. that is where we can begin to find that unification of just our society exactly. and just each other, you know, and what we're doing, because I, I feel like that's really lacking. And, you know, like yes. I, I really am inspired by those light workers in the world like yourself that are doing that and talking about Thank these things you. and and uh tapping into that that intuition and just that that mm-hmm. whole sense of being um you in in the TED talk one of the things that you you talked about was um the difference well you didn't talk about it but you said that you were a more of a beer than a doer mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. i wanted to ask you how how do we get from being a beer to being a doer and how do we go from being a doer to being a beer love it so most listening I'll say it's 80 20 80% are probably doers so 
for this question, everyone can ask themselves just where, you know, what ask, what side do you want to open more? Mm-hmm. So if you are a doer and you want to be more of a beer, that's all the calming elements, you know, all the right side, all the connection. It's hard for doers to slow down to be because it's zero, it's no numbers, it's no knowledge, it's no words. So it's nothing you're going to find on the internet. It's really getting quiet and going internal and getting to know the internal you. So that's how you be more. And that can feel really hard and scary. I'm not saying do it alone. You get help, but who you consider a light worker, you know, right. so an aunt or a friend or, or someone, but someone who will see you and hear you and not dominate you because they're another doer. So fellow beers, stick to get, you know, find beers and, and be with them. Yeah. You'll learn it'll slow down. We were joking um, the other night with a dear friend, Shell, who has slow beauty that you'll go more to a turtle pace and people don't like turtle. Um, I, right. That's you know, true. But you won't be late, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, is she, you know, smoking, was she smoking or whatever? Yeah. There's that, but, but that's presence, right? right. So you're going to learn more about presence. Another big one for doers is look, this is a great one. Look people in the eye. Kids, adults at the grocery store, it slows you down. People don't like it because the eyes are windows to the soul and you will get information like, oh, that's the person I'm talking to. So I can't be rude to this server or to the, you know, uh, whoever we're getting, dumping our energy on. Because doers right. dump energy. Doers Ooh. dump. Because you guys have so much left over with adrenaline high, low. It's, I work with a lot of pro athletes. They dump on, you know, we all know, they dump. We, yeah. we have to be careful about that. If you're ever doing, you're going to have what I call karmic runoff. Because you're running too high. Where do you clear it, right? That's Where do so you hand good. it over? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that. So eye contact is good. And then when you can meditate, as you well know, when you wake up in the morning, even for two minutes and, and what you're grateful for, that slows you down. And grateful is a connection because you're honoring something else more than yourself. Because a lot of doers are pretty egocentric and we celebrate that. We paid a lot of money. We put it in the White House, you know. Yeah. It's hard, you know, because people, doers will feel, oh, I'm getting out of the race. I'm losing my competitive edge. And you're not, not in these times. This will help work, help your love life. Talk about having it all. This is the way. Um, to get there. So there's that. The beers, what I say a lot is you need to start moving. Um, even if it's gentle, do something you never wanted to do that challenges you. So even if you're a yogi, go do a yoga challenge. If you like to bike ride, join a club, even if it's hard, even if it pushes you a little. For beers, you don't want to be in a panic zone, but a little discomfort is good because you're upping your masculine, you're doing your, you're rising your belly, your boundaries, your your fire, um, those elements. I'm far too much air and, you know, prana and other things. I'm not enough of that energy. And so I have to work at that. Um, so like right now I'm busy and people go, yay, you're busy. I'm like, I do not like busy. Yeah. <laughs> like the chill me does not like busy, but busy is good. And I'm trying to honor that side and be more of a doer. Um, so that's, that's big for the, the, the beers also need to be very careful about eating more protein and vegetables. Yeah. For both doers and beers, but yeah. avoiding sugar for both the do not avoiding we can't avoid it, I don't think, in our culture, but having less of it and, and not having fake stimulus mm-hmm. make getting us up or even bringing us down. So a lot of doers smoke a lot of pot and that's not good for the brain either. I hate to say it because a lot of spiritual beings think <laughs> let's smoke, but it's not good for you. It really breaks your body down and your brain yeah. down. It's not good. It forms neuroses in a lot of my clients. Oh, I, wow. it's not good. Yeah, we think it's this medicinal thing in our culture, but I think we need it so desperately right now because we're running so high. 
um, but that's not going to really help your adrenals or your cells. Um, but so do you think it brings people down mostly instead of taking them where they need to go? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I think it's, don't get me wrong, if someone has anger and you get prescribed it for a bit, I think it's a great thing. It's like any, I think drugs are drugs. So even in the medical world, I am a purist, as many know, and they feel guilty when they say I'm on whatever medication. I'm like, drugs are great to bridge. If yeah. you're going to go hit someone, it's good to do it. If if you're depressed, you can't get out of bed. Yeah, it's good to have yeah. a little something to help you. But our culture, it's a big, huge, you know, snowball. Yeah. Um, you need one thing, then you need another. We avoid pain at all costs. And I think there's very positive pain or someone just said yesterday, intentional pain um, versus unintentional pain. Mm-hmm. Dr. Jennifer Fried said that, loved it, where we avoid pain, but pain is just energy that breaks through the wall. Sometimes we need to address our pain um, and something like pot, you're not addressing anything. So there's that. Yeah. So to answer your question, I do. I think it helps people come down, which is a good base, but then what are you doing there? If you're eating chips and, you know, fruity pebbles and going back to sleep, what's that really doing? It's avoiding. Yeah. I mean, I totally, I agree with you 100%. I'm, I'm a a purist exactly like you are. I mean, it's as clear Mm -hmm. as I can keep my whole sense of being is, is the way that I like to Uh. feel. And I know that, for yeah. the people I work with, that's always a recommendation that I have, you know, unless of course, like Western medicine is incredible, especially people going through treatment. Like I have nothing against it as well. Like I, yeah. I feel exactly the same way that you do. I do mm-hmm. feel that there are certain things that, you know, are, are going to stifle us from finding the root cause of something or like from expanding our emotional bodies out into the world and, and really exploring the things that are creating obstacles in our lives. What area in your life do you feel the most free? Oh, you're so sweet. I feel the most free in love with my family, my husband, children. <gasps> That's so yeah, sweet. I love I really that. Do. I yeah. love that. So much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, I do. Takes work, as we know, but it's so it's free. I feel really free, probably because of that. Yeah, and yeah. how? And I know it's that showing you showing up. I yeah. And you yeah. talk about it in the yeah. book too, but like, how does yeah. your gift work in the dynamic of your household? Oh, I love you, Salix. This is for everyone, women or men. So you know your children really well, and you know you didn't really create them <laughs> because they come with their little personality, <laughs> and right, and yeah. and that helps a lot because then we just help. I don't know if we even help them, guys. Just help them not get hurt. You know, we kind of we give them good, really good boundaries, of course, but. Um, we let them be who they are. So I think when you let your children be who they are, they let you be who you are in the house. So harmonious because you're just not really escalated. We have very passionate kids. I mean, there are four Aquarians in our family and one Pisces. So yes, it can get a little rowdy. And I'm Italian and you know, my husband's a broadcaster. So we, not that we're always so quiet, but we're always, I mean, we're, we are always aware and, and generally very happy. And then when we do get a little fire or whatever happens, we come back really quickly. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's helped there. It's also helped because I know what they need without over-helicoptering them once again. So I really do let them walk home. I do know when to ask our oldest is now 10 son, and I know when to ask them how he is. I know when he needs carrots. I know when he needs protein. Mm. You know, that's huge. You know, I know when we're going, you know, to two birthday parties and it's going to be, you know, chaotic there or... Um, I just intuitively sometimes know, you know, what they need to go eat before or, or what's going to help them. Or even we use it for birthday gifts because people laugh so hard, but you know, we know like you just, 
when you're more intuitive, you are aware and you know what people need, loved ones and friends and family. And, you know, so there's that. Not saying everything's perfect at all. You know, I am so different than my upbringing that sometimes that's hard. You know, my mom is not an emotionally open person. And mm. so I'm so open, probably part of the reason, because I was trying to draw that out of her and my dad in ways. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. that's really there beautiful examples of very yeah. kind, well-intended parents who, you know, grew, raised children in the 60s and 70s, or, you know, 70s for them, but, you know, who were doing the best but weren't emotionally, didn't know how to emotionally be there. Yeah. So, once again, too, being intuitive helps you be emotionally there for your kids and loved ones. Mm. So, it, it helps just across the board. I love yeah. that. What, is, uh, what are some words of wisdom that you live by, Jill? Oh, you know, oh, I... One big term I say, or I believe and I say to myself is kindness heals. So for me to remember to be kind because it heals me, it heals others. Even if someone I'm like, oh my gosh, they're such a, you know, ASS hole. <laughs> you know, so that's a big one. Sorry, just be frank. You know, some of the quotes, wisdom to live by some seems, seems so fluffy, but, you know, that's a big one I use. I do a lot of like, you know, um, what's another one? Just, you know, they just easy does it or, you know, be still. I say a lot of those, you know, just piece of wisdom to, to remember to center and to laugh, you know, laugh, to laugh a lot. Um, I don't know. You know, a big one lately is, you know, that um, rare is real or some of these great terms right now that just because you're whoever's listening is different doesn't mean you're not real. Just, you know, if you walk out and there's 50 people that are doing it one way, they could be really conditioned. So, don't think you're odd. You're actually being really real because you're being you. Oh. So that's a big one. That's oh, and everyone has these great gifts of yeah. you know that are meant to bring forward to make us such a beautiful world. And and if we feel odd or out of place, we tend to put them back down. You know, we're still really stuck in that junior high energy. So yeah. a lot of these terms are to get up into the heart and understand. You know, you're whole. You're amazing. Mm. You don't have to do or fix or change a lot I kind of say it's all in you and maybe uncover it those layers yeah so that's the wisdom I live by and then you know music heals everything is the other piece I think you know so anything where there's flow you know where there's flow where the love goes yeah I love that so flow go yeah, wherever yeah. there's flow, go. Yes, I, I go, agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> that a lot uh, so yeah. I'm I'm preparing you now for the last two questions, um, mm-hmm. and part of what this is and and what radically loved is and why I created it was, you know, mm. very similar to this idea that we all have unique gifts and we're all we all have a purpose on this world. We're all. Um, gifted individuals we have a right to be here and either god source universe uh, a god of your understanding radically loves (laughs) you right so we are radically loved so the question two questions to you the first one is how do you feel radically loved and the second Mm. is what do you radically love oh i love it okay so i feel radically loved when i show up and the universe and God bring in, you know, I mean, miracles or synchronicities that I'm like, oh my gosh, it feels like, you know, Christmas every day. So that's my feel radically loved. I feel radically loved when our children or my husband looks me right in the eye. Mm. You know, I feel like then I'm, I'm worthy of presence. You know, I'm there, I'm being seen and heard. Um, 
plus when I feel radically loved. What I, you know, I, you can tell what I radically love. I radically love love. <laughs> I mean, number one. <laughs> and I love, yeah, yeah. And then pre- where there's life, where there's presence, you know, where you can see even if someone, if we've gone into a prison and we talk with someone and they get the sparkle in their eye about what they love or what they were like when they were a boy or girl, where there's life, where there's chi energy, where there's life force, because that's presence. Um, I just love that. I love when people come together and as you can tell, are kind to one another. Um, I just love that when there's communication where people are hearing each other, because I think that's what bonds and makes this world such a better place. And, you know, I love homemade desserts too. (laughs) People know that I probably shouldn't put a lot of love into those, you know, (laughs) into those desserts. That's probably my adrenals and my cortisol, but yeah, <laughs> we literally <laughs> just ex- we yeah we literally just experienced your left and right brain working right now. Just you did. I love you caught that. I was centered. I went right, and then I went left. It's like oh yeah, and don't you uh, love that? Because that's so in my training too to go right, hold the center space, and like to be a smart out. This is my brain. I know. Working on it. We we all are, aren't we? Jill, I (laughs) I want to be respectful of your time. And I want to say thank you so much for all the work that you have done for writing this incredible book that I completely devoured um, over the Mm -hmm. Pacific Ocean. And for just being a, a beautiful person in the world. And for what you're doing, I just, I... I love you and I hope that uh, we get to do this again and I'm so grateful for everything. Um, how can we or the listeners uh, contact you or be in touch? You're so sweet. So I, I, the best right now is our website, joewillard.com. It's a place there for contact. We have a meditation company. I am for intuitive meditation community.com and that'll be interactive soon so we can have a lot of good conversations on that then Instagram is Jill underscore Willard you'll just see pictures of the kids and a few events in there Um, yeah and then we're not doing reading decks we're trying to build the meditation company so you all can be so intuitive that you don't need me at all you get to fly (laughs) Um, but that's where we're over time we're working and doing some you know more stuff out in the media and whatnot. so Hopefully you'll keep seeing us and finding ways to connect. Thank you. Thank you, Jill. You're amazing. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit www.radicallylove.com forward slash podcast to read all about today's guests or past guests. You can click on any of the links or for more information, you can always follow me on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or Twitter at Rosie Acosta and let us know what you thought.